On the last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood up and exclaimed, Let anyone who thirsts come to me and drink. As scripture says, rivers of living water will flow from within him who believes in me. He said this in reference to the Spirit that those who came to believe in him were to receive. There was, of course, no Spirit yet, because Jesus had not yet been glorified. The Gospel of the Lord. A while ago, maybe some months ago, we invited to our home in our house of studies in D.C. This man, he used to be a missionary in Dublin, in Ireland, for, for a while, for a couple of uh, years. And he told us, he shared with us that one night he was with a group. They were working in a mission, in a parish mission, in a poor neighborhood in, in Dublin. And they were working with this youth that didn't know anything about the Holy Spirit that were not really connected to the church. And they were trying to, you know, to announce the good news. And at some point, one of them said, let's, you know, this is not working, let's pray. So he said, come Holy Spirit. And it was amazing. Like the kids started to cry. And they wanted to go to confession. And some, you know, rested in the spirit. They didn't know what was happening. It was crazy. And he told us, I was there, I saw that happening, and he was a really incredible man, so I believed in his story. So maybe the Holy Spirit will come in the same way, in the same way upon us. Maybe we'll start to cry, and we'll be convicted of the love of God, and we'll rest in the Spirit, who knows? But maybe if that doesn't happen, or even if that doesn't happen, if the Holy Spirit comes in a more liturgical way, so to say, uh, he will come with power because he loves to, to enter deeply into a heart that is saying, come Holy Spirit, with faith. That's his job, to come to us and to connect us with the Lord Jesus, to the risen, to the heart of the risen Lord. So let's recapitulate the readings that have been proclaimed to us tonight. The first reading from the book of Genesis, we heard that they were all speaking the same language, but they were prideful. God scattered them, else they would become worse, even more rebellious through their power. In the second one from the book of Exodus, God celebrates a covenant with Israel through Moses at Mount Sinai. By doing that, he gathers a people for himself to educate them, to lead them and make them a light for the nations. They were to shine in the midst of a pagan world as a monotheistic people, a wise people from whom the salvation for all the world would come. On the third reading, the prophet Ezekiel has this great vision of the spirit being breathe into a valley full of dry bones and them coming alive. That vision was a promise for Israel, for the church as well, and for each one of us, that what is dry 
and dead in our life will, would come alive through the action of the Holy Spirit. In the fourth one, Prophet Joel announces that the Spirit would be offered to everyone. Not only to Israel, a particular nation, but to every nation, to every people, to every race, to every age, to every condition, sons and daughters, all men and young men. Whoever is open to the Holy Spirit would receive the Holy Spirit. In the fifth reading, St. Paul tells us that we are saved in hope. We have not yet received the fullness of salvation. We know that that will be in heaven. But we received a seed, a powerful seed. Something new has been planted in us, a new ingredient, a new factor that transforms everything, a seed that is meant to grow and to become a big and shady tree. And the Holy Spirit would come to us and teach us how to pray. Or even more that the Holy Spirit would pray in us with inexpressible groanings. It's a promise that, that is fulfilled with the coming of the Holy Spirit. And finally, in the gospel, Jesus says, Let all who thirst come to me and ask. Rivers of living waters will be given to him from his heart will be this overflowing of this living waters from his peers side to our heart so from the first reading pride that is kind of like an umbrella for the holy spirit when he sees a prideful heart he cannot come to all his saving actions throughout the story the history until now jesus saying come all that are thirsty. Come to me and I will give you living waters. Are you thirsty? Are you thirsty enough? Do you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Do you feel sometimes that you are like dry bones? needing to be renewed in faith and love and hope and joy? Do you feel sometimes that your prayer is dry? You mumble words, but you don't know how to pray better or what exactly to pray, to say to God. You feel like you're praying alone against a wall. Sometimes. Do you feel that some weakness in your life is like a chain that needs to be broken so you can be set free? You try and you try and you try and you cannot seem to break that chain. That you keep falling again and again in the same pit. Seems like you are stuck in your spiritual life as a disciple of Jesus. Does your love for the ones around you in your family, workplace, with the people that you interact needs to be renewed? Don't you feel sometimes that that love needs to be somehow renewed in our lives? 
Do you need a special charism of the Holy Spirit for your mission to be empowered and taken to the next level? Do you feel that without it you can only do so much but not enough? Are you humbled by that experience of the limits that we face in life? We can only do so much. And I was expecting that I would, I would do more or achieve more. Do you need a breakthrough in your life? Have you reached a point where you need a new ingredient, something or someone from high to be introduced in your heart because what you can do is not enough? If you in your heart said yes to any of these questions, then come, Holy Spirit. Come upon us tonight because we do really need you. We cannot do much without you. We cannot pray without you. We cannot be holy without you. We cannot even love as you want us to love without you. What can we do with our weak heart, with our small heart? Come, Holy Spirit, tonight in this vigil. And I would like to suggest tonight, of all the gifts that we need from the Holy Spirit and that we could ask, let's ask tonight for the most important of all the gifts of the Holy Spirit. That is love. St. Paul says that in the first letter to the Corinthians. He says, if I speak in human and angelic tongues but do not have love, I am a resounding gong or a clashing cymbal. And if I have the gift of prophecy and comprehend all mysteries and all knowledge, if I have all faith so as to move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give away everything I own and if I hand my body over so that I may boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. And then he finishes saying, but the greatest of these charisms is love. The gift of the supernatural charity. The, God, the love that comes from God and enters into our hearts and empowers us to love more and better and more constantly. More with a, as, a, as a virtue that comes from on high and empowers our love. The Holy Spirit himself is by definition the love between the, the Father and the Son. And that love is poured into our hearts. St. Paul says, the love of God has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. We are not a club of like-minded people. We are the church. We are so different in many ways. We have different political views, different backgrounds, languages, age, even race. That's why that saying attributed to St. Augustine is so wise. In, in the church, we have to, to live it out like every day in essentials, unity, in doubtful matters, liberty, and in all things, charity. We need to be renewed in love. And the church is meant to be like a training field 
to that charity to be exercised. We receive it from the Holy Spirit and then we put it into practice amongst ourselves as members of the church, as one family of God. And then that love spills into the world. Comes from God, it's exercised among us in the community and it's overflow, it overflows into the world. That's how it should work. And we have so many opportunities to exercise this gift of love in the church. There's always someone in the church that gets on our nerves. Isn't that true? Someone that irritates us a little bit, or sometimes a lot. But you don't walk away from the church because of that. On the contrary, you stay. Because you found the real church when that happens. And then you will be sanctified by the presence of this brother or this sister that gets on your nerves. Because you receive the Holy Spirit to be able to love that person and to discover in that person the beauty that she has. Saint Jose Escriba, the founder of Opus Dei, he would say, don't say that person gets on my nerves. Think that person sanctifies me. Isn't that a good sentence to remember? For someone, thank you God, there's someone in the church that is sanctifying me. How would I exercise patience, humility, charity? How would, I, how, how would you see your own impatience, your own pride and selfishness if you are not challenged by the presence of this person in your life? So see, the church is a, is, is a training field. You are trained by the Holy Spirit and by the presence of others to love in the way Jesus wants us to love. Because he said so. He said, love one another as I loved you. In that same way. Not with your little heart. We, 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 won't, we won't go so far with that. You need to love with the heart of Jesus. In the church, with the help of the Holy Spirit, you learn to look at the good news of every person first. And then you, you use that knowledge in the world. You see, we cannot look at the good news and the bad news of a person at the same time. You either look at the bad news first or at the good news first of that person, that member of this community. If you look at the bad news first, that will eclipse your capacity to see the good news of that person. You won't see the good news anymore. But if you look at the good news first, that will contextualize the bad news, put into context the bad news. So when you see Susan or Will coming and you start thinking, oh, here comes this Susan with her untimely comments, her boring remarks, her unkind manners, her narrow-minded judgments, then you will miss anything good about her. You won't be able to see anything, no, no goodness in, in Susan, completely eclipsed by your approach to her. You should think first, here comes Susan with her unique idiosyncrasy. So unique. No one like Susan here. 
her constant service to the church, her generosity, that will put into context her defects. Try it. Try it in the church. Try it in your life. Whenever you have a difficult time with someone, and that is always the case. We always have difficult times with someone in our lives. Call on the Holy Spirit first and foremost. Say, come Holy Spirit with the gift of love. I do not have love for this person. I run out of love for this person. So come to renew me in your love. Anoint me with your love. With God's love for that person. And then pray for her. But pray thanking God for this person in your life. Show God the goodness of this person. Be like her advocate in front of God. Not like the accuser. And then and only then, after having thanked God for this person, then you can maybe pray, you know, help her taking this step or maybe improving that or only after showing to God that you are able to see the good news of that person. And the Holy Spirit will do that in you. It's amazing. I know because I have done it. So I know it in my own life. You go to pray really angry, but you say, okay, Lord, thank you for this person. And you begin thanking God for this person in your life, and then that anger goes away. It's the Holy Spirit acting in your heart, like like living water, washing away all that anger, all that resentment, all your own judgments. They're washed away. And your love is kindled for this person and also for God. Because we have only one heart. Let's ask for this gift tonight, most especially for the gift of love, of being able to love the ones around us in a new way, the way that the Holy Spirit wants to love in us, to be renewed in our our love for God, for our family members, for this community, for the people that are around us, and most especially for that person with which I have a hard time. Come, Holy Spirit, come, and from your celestial home shed a ray of light divine. Come, Father of the poor, come, source of all our store, come within our bosom shine. You of comforters the best, you the soul's most welcome guest, sweet refreshment, here below. In our labor, rest most sweet, grateful coolness in the heat, solace in the midst of woe. O most blessed light divine, shine within these hearts of yours and our inmost being fill. Where you are not, we have not. Nothing good in deed or thought nothing free from taint of ill.
heal our wounds, our strength renew. On our dryness pour your dew, wash the stains of guilt away. Bend the stubborn heart and will, melt the frozen, warm the chill, guide the steps that go astray. On the faithful who adore and confess you evermore, in your sevenfold gift, descend. Give them virtues, sure reward. Give them your salvation, Lord. Give them joys that never end.